0: Welcome to the Encounter Church message podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter, or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Welcome, Encounter Church, to our new series, Names and Frames, based on Isaiah 62. I'm going to be replacing Zion and Jerusalem with Shepperton. Regarding Shepparton, I can't keep my mouth shut. Regarding Shepparton, I can't hold my tongue until her righteousness blazes down like the sun and her salvation flames up like a torch. Foreign countries will see your righteousness and will leaders your glory. You'll get a brand new name straight from the mouth of God. You'll be a stunning crown in the palm of God's hand a jeweled gold cup held high in the hand of God. No more will anyone call you rejected and your country will no more be called ruined. You'll be called my delight and your land married because God delights in you. And your land will be like a wedding celebration for as a young man marries his virgin bride, so your builder marries you. And as a bridegroom is happy in his bride, so God is happy with you. I have posted watchmen on the walls, Shepparton. Day and night they keep at it, praying, calling out, reminding God to remember. They are to give him no peace until he does what he said, until he makes Shepparton famous as the city of praise. God has taken a solemn oath, an oath he means to keep. Never again will I open your grain-filled barns to your enemies to loot and eat. Never again will foreigners drink the wine that you work so hard to produce no the farmers will grow the food and eat the food and praise God for it and those who make the wine will drink the wine in my holy courtyards walk out the gates get going get the road ready for the people build the highway get at it clear the debris hoist higher a flag a signal to all peoples yes God has broadcast to all the world tell daughter Shepperton, look your Saviour comes, ready to do what he said he'd do. Prepare to complete what he promised. and will be called new names, holy people, God redeemed, sought out, city not forsaken. Yeah. How good is that? That's what we declare over this city, and that's what we declare over this region, Vanilla, all the regions that I can't say, the Golden Valley. That's what we're believing. You know, when we were up in Queensland last, someone came to us and said, we've got a word for your church, Isaiah 62. And I grabbed it and read it and I went, Oh my goodness, that so fits this city, and I got goosebumps as I read it, and this series is based around pulling this chapter apart, because we really believe that we need to raise a banner. We need to make a declaration over this whole region, and I really believe that the hand of God wants to bring breakthrough to Shepparton, who wants to transform this region, and in 20 years' time, it'll be thought of and looked at in a completely different light that you would even imagine, because God is going to do something in this place and in our hearts. And this series is called Names and Frames, and, and, and you might think, what is that about? Well, I'm going to explain it to you. Part one today is called Breakthrough. Breakthrough. So worship night on Thursday, we're believing for Breakthrough. Why are we doing it? We're going to have an old school Holy Ghost, worshipping God, moving the chairs, praying and just believing and coming together. It's going to be informal. So I don't care if there's 10 or there's 200. It's informal. We're just putting it on. And we're just going to, I'm going to fast that day. If you want to join me, you're welcome to. You don't have to. And just believe that that God will open up the heavens and we're just going to seek him and believe for some things that that we're believing for. And also with water baptism. If you've been water baptised before, and it was a long time ago and water's gone under the bridge and you've, you've, some stuff's happened. We welcome you to put your neighbor down if you want a new day. If you want a new day, if you're a water baptized as a child or whatever, let, let Water Baptism Sunday be your declaration that you're making a fresh start with Jesus. Okay, names and frames. Well, what's it about? I, I'm, I'm going to warn you. I'm going to get a bit excited today. I'm going to warn you. I'm going to go over the top. I've just got a feeling I could go a bit nuts, okay? I've just got to prep you in case you think what is going on. This world names and blames us. This world and this world system names and blames. And what do I mean by that? Well, the world system, there's, there's the world system, the media, and there's the God's system, God's kingdom. And God's kingdom and this world system are totally opposite, Two totally opposite wavelengths. And this world wants to name you. How? This world wants to tell you who you are. It wants to tell you what category you fit in. We, we all fit in categories where we're, we're a particular race or a particular colour, a particular hair colour, a particular body shape. Or maybe your generation X, the world says, your generation Y, and your generation Baby Boomer, your generation MN, MLLP, QRST. You know, there's always categories we generate you know, and we're, we're 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 teenagers or we're kids or we're young adults or we're middle aged or we're old or we're, you know, or we're pensioners like the whole world all every stage of life there's these categories that somehow we're in and sometimes we're in five categories and and the world wants to name you in other words the world wants to tell you who you are it wants to dictate from outside like a controlling force who we are and this world also wants to give you your script of life before you're born so it's like a script for every human, before we're even born, okay, you get born, you go to daycare, kinder, you go to primary school, you go to high school, then you might go to a degree, then you might go to uni, then you do uni, and then you do a gap year, and then you go overseas, and you get married, and you have kids. Like, there's this whole script that this world wants to write for you. And within, when you don't fit these categories, and when you don't live up to these expectations of these categories of who you're supposed to be, or the family you're from, and shame can enter in. And we, we feel this shame because we never live up to this expectation that I'm not a typical baby boomer, I'm not a typical Generation X, or I don't fit in. Like every There's all these categories that are like these mechanical things of an industrial world It's a bit academic that, that this world wants to put on us. But the God we serve is a God of freedom, and he doesn't label you. See, the world more than just names you. It's labeling you from the outside. And we don't fit this mold of, of what we should be, or we didn't go to the right school, or we didn't go to uni, or we didn't do this then shame can enter our world in our heart. And that's what it wants. That very shame is the thing that can paralyze us. You know, shame can stop you from taking steps forward. Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't wear those clothes because I'm from that family or I'm a farmer. or I'm No, I couldn't wear that because that doesn't fit the mold of what the, the world told me I should be. But God's not like that. See, God wants to name you and he wants to frame you. But let me explain what the difference is. See, the world names you from the outside. See, God names you from the inside. He actually doesn't label you. He names you. And in a sense, he doesn't dictate. He actually just reveals to you who you are. So his naming is allowing you to see who you were created to be. He just lights onto yourself so you get an understanding of that's who I am. So it's not something he dictates to you. It's something he just shows to you because he loves you. Something he shows to you because he loves you. And when I say he frames you, it's like he, he frames you in that, like, you know, you, somebody robbed the bank and they framed you so you went to jail. It's not like framing and that he puts you in a box. He frames you like a a, a photographer frames, you know, they do their little thing to to look at the image. Framing is is like that image behind me of of, of putting a lens, like glasses are frames. See, God frames us and then he gives us new lenses. He gives us a new perspective. Because out of knowing who he made you to be, He allows you to see the purpose that you're supposed to be. So he allows you. You know when people say, I met Jesus, I saw the light. That's him framing us. He allows us to see our world and our life from a completely different perspective. He gives you new glasses to see the direction. It's almost like he tells you who you are and shows you. And then he just kind of lines you up and say, okay, that's the direction that's best for your makeup and your mix. He shows you that. Now, today's not really about that. Okay, (laughs) Today's part one. That's the umbrella or the overview of where this series is going and what this series is really about. But today, before we get there, I'm going to just look at Isaiah 62, but verse one and half of two. I'm I'm just touching on one one scripture there, one verse, and to get us going. And I want to focus on breakthrough. I believe this is a passage about breakthrough, because we need breakthrough to move into these other realms. My first thing today is I'm going to read um, Isaiah 62, verse one to two, just just. We've already heard it, but I'm going to read it one more time. Regarding Zion, and we could put Shepherd in there or, or Golden Valley, but regarding Zion, I cannot keep my mouth shut. Regarding Jerusalem, I can't hold my tongue until her righteousness blazes down like the sun and her salvation flames up like a torch. Think, let's picture that imagery as I'm saying. Let's picture the imagery. Foreign countries will see your righteousness and world leaders your glory. So what is the prophet Isaiah really saying there? He's saying, he's a prophet, God's called him to speak. He's saying, how can I look at the city I live in? How can I look at the church I'm from? How can I look at the community I'm in and not speak what I believe God's saying? How can I sit and watch that person's family and marriage fall apart and not speak a word of encouragement? How can I not say something? How can I go to work with this person every day and go home and just think it's not my problem? He says, I've got to speak God's word in that situation. It's my duty. It's my responsibility to speak and not be quiet. Why? Because I want something to change and happen for them and happen in my town and my city because I want my God to be glorified. Foreign countries will see. I want God to be glorified in the good works that are happening. That's the overview. So my first point today is breakthroughs coming breakthroughs coming. You know, maybe there's things in your world right now. You know, and I'm believing there's, there's, there's things that you've been praying for and people's situations where you've been waiting years and years and years and years for. And I'm believing that this is a season of breakthrough. I'm believing for a season of breakthrough over this encounter church. And I'm believing for it for the families and that the people in here, people who are looking for jobs that they've been waiting years for or breakthroughs of opportunities for, for flying dock, whatever it is, I'm believing this season is a season we're going to smash some things open. We're going to see God move, and we're going to see promises come to pass. And that's what Thursday night is about, praying for that. Oh, it's good so far, isn't it? It's good so far. How can people hear about God's good news or the wisdom of the Bible if we don't speak? Like if we don't share it with people that we work with? I'll read verse 1 on its own again. Regarding Zion, Golden Valley, whatever you want to put in there, I can't keep my mouth shut. Regarding Jerusalem. The Golden Valley, I can't hold my tongue. Yeah. See, how can, how can situations, how can somebody know the mind of God that you work with who doesn't know God unless you just share a scripture with them, share Proverbs or, or just give We don't have to get in people's faces and, and say, hey, the Bible says this, you shall not. You know, we've got to get into people's lives and just show love to them and speak God's words with encouragement into their circumstance. How can people know that, that there's a God that loves them and that there's a church that cares about it if we don't invite people to church? Yeah. Like, how can I keep quiet when I have this awesome church and I work with all these people? Why not share your faith with people? Well, you don't have to do it in that, you know, a way where it's like bombarding people, but just a word here, a word there, just wisdom. Go out for coffee with somebody. They ask you what you're about, what you did on the weekend. Don't hide with your children. What's that about? Hey, do you want to come? Invite them to How are they going to know if, if they don't hear? So you're God's mouthpiece to them. You're there. You're God's invitation to them to invite them to come to church or invite them to a connect group or, hey, come to church, go out for lunch afterwards. Just make it natural. Make How can people hear if we don't speak into their world or our families? You know, I believe a church needs to be a place of real relevance. Like, if people see us as irrelevant, our building, how we dress, how we live... What what, what do you have to say into my life? You're so irrelevant that you look like you lived 20 years ago. You know what I mean? If if they don't see us as people of relevance, they won't respect the word. Some of us lived 20 years ago, but you know what I mean? If we're living in the past as a church, then they don't value the words we have because they they don't respect us because we actually haven't moved with the times. And I'm not saying contradict the word of God, I'm just saying being culturally relevant. But when we're walking with relevance, then they see our message as relevance, and they'll hear our message, and they'll receive our message. That's why I think the local church is so important. The local church is God's vehicle for salvation on the earth. I don't, whatever you believe, but according to the Bible, it is anyway, if you you look at it, that the church is his baby for salvation on the earth. Statistics say that most people have an encounter with God or meet Jesus in a local Sunday service. The statistics are in a service like this is where most people around the world meet Jesus. I was actually surprised by that. They got here because somebody like you and I invited them. So somebody made relationship with them and, and friended them and loved them and, and, and showed them it's, you know, they're, they're okay and spoken to their world. But at the end of the day, they said, hey, why don't you come to church with me on Sunday? And it's in the Sunday experience that most people actually then make a decision For Jesus. So that's why I believe the Sunday service is so important to people. We want to, what are we about? We want to see human lives transformed. Why does the church exist? We want to see human lives and families change. We want people to meet Jesus and go to heaven. The word salvation is not just about eternal salvation even though for me that's a big thing, to live forever in heaven. It's about being, in Jewish thought, salvation is about salvation from whatever circumstance I'm in. It's, it's a deliverance from maybe the bondages that are in our mind or emotional baggage. It's, it's deliverance from a situation of, of poverty or, or whatever we're in. It's, God's package of salvation is, is, is broad and wide to every aspect of our life. Thank you. How many times should we be inviting people to church? How many times should we be praying for somebody? When I say speak, I'm talking about maybe it's about praying over a situation or a family member, or maybe praying for a group of people or, or someone you work with. See, speaking in your prayer room is, is, is speaking God's word into the circumstance. The prophet says, Should I shut my mouth? No, I should speak. So the speaking might be a one on one, inviting someone to church, talking to them, having for dinner, but it could be getting in your prayer room and just praying over whatever that thing is. Speaking into the circumstances. How many times should we do this? Like, oh, yep, I prayed for um, Johnny at work to get healed. It's two weeks later, he never got healed. I prayed once, you know, it didn't work. Oh, I prayed for the week and it never happened. I witnessed that. I told that guy about Jesus or inviting the church. He said no, so. look, when do we stop? Like, how many times do we do it? Well, it says in 62, Isaiah verse 1, I'll read it again. Regarding Zion, I can't keep my mouth shut. Regarding Jerusalem, I can't hold my tongue. Until until her righteousness blazes down like the sun and her salvation blazes up like a storm. How long should we be praying for people and circumstances and situations? How many times should we invite somebody to church and they reject us or say back? How many times? Until we see a change. Until their righteousness shines like the sun. Until God moves in that circumstances. Until you feel a shift. Until something in the atmosphere is different. We do it until. We don't do it once. We do it until you don't know the stories of people that maybe 20 and 30 years later that made a decision for Jesus or their lives were changed because you spoke to them 20 years ago. So you can work with somebody and I've been there and done it. Many of you haven't. You work with them and you just share about church and they're a bit negative or you're speaking to the situation and they're not into it. But you know what? You don't know what it goes on in the inside. They could look icy cool on the outside, but inside, see God's word doesn't go in there and do nothing. The Bible says that it's living and active. It, it goes inside a human soul and changes it. Five years later, they're in another workplace. There's another person who starts talking about God or church or speaking scripture. Okay, five more years. Fifteen years later, some situation happens and someone else says, you want to come to church? I'm getting water baptized. Like, oh, I don't really want to go, but yeah, it's probably nice just to, you know, they're a good guy. And they go and then they met Jesus. We see, one sows the seed. One might water, and one might might reap the harvest. But we're all part of that journey. We can't say, "Oh, I asked them to church, and nothing happened." I, I know a guy um, called Corey Painter, and Michael and Christine um, Painter were here, yeah. our friends of ours. They paint; they actually painted the, the baby's room. Yeah, they're filling their calling um, for us while they're on holidays. And Pastor Vaughan came and spent a weekend. Well, their brother Corey, they grew up in church. Corey got about 18, decided, I don't know, whatever happened, and he just went out into the world. He didn't just go out in the world. He was caught up in the drug scene. He was dealing in drugs. He was involved in crime. You know, Michael and Christine haven't said this, but they they, they could come home and their TV was gone. You know what I mean? Furniture was gone. He'd, he'd be selling it for drugs. and, and, and But you know what? They, they kept praying for their son. Like a father who loves their child, God loves you. He sends people into your life because he's... He can, can constantly inviting you. He's constantly asking you. He's, he's praying over your life. And, and Michael and Christine and Vaughan would pray over Corey for years and years. Do they give up after two years? No. no. Oh, I've prayed for two years. I've probably done enough prayers. And, and then Corey again steals this. And then it's like, Corey, you can't live here anymore because it's we can't have you in the house. And we've got grandkids now. And Corey, It's awkward. But, we you know, some of you have got situations like that with loved ones. You love them, but you can't have them around because... It, it makes other people kind of in jeopardy. And, and it's a tough call, but sometimes you've got you to do these things. And Corey was like that. And you know. And, and I first met Corey, and it had, he'd been out of church for a long, 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 long time and involved in fights and violence. And I think there was a time of homelessness and you know, just a really bad situation. And, but all these people praying. And I, I'll be honest with you, from a distance, I looked, well, it's been like a long, like 15, 16 years. It's pretty kind of chronic when you get to that. Yeah, it's highly unlikely this guy's ever going to turn. He's so caught up in the drug. You know, that was kind of my cynical thinking. I'll be honest with you. I'm just a human. Anyway, I'm just a human, yes. So don't judge me. Because I've been around church a long time too. And, you know, you see a lot of people and see a lot of things. And when, when does Michael give up and Christy? Ten years. I have ten years of all this stuff going on and the frustrations and the stories and rescuing him from this. Do you stop praying for him? Do you get to 15 years and you go, I've prayed enough prayers for a lifetime. There's enough kind of a tide of prayers that could take him through for the next 15. I can give up. No. At 16 years of praying for Corey, he walked into church again. I remember the day he walked in. But he didn't come back for a few more months. He came to church. Everyone just loved on him. Nobody bombarded him, just befriended him. Thought everyone's excited. We didn't see Corey for a couple months. A couple months later, Corey came back again. We all loved on him. Never saw him for a few more months. Just let him be, loved him, kept praying. Over a number of months, he came. Started coming to church each week. Gave his life to Jesus. It's like four years later. You know, he, he is running departments at Glow Church, where I'm from. He just led a mission team to Burma. I mean, he is so on fire for God. Let's give a hands to God. You know, it's never too late. It's never too late. It doesn't matter what it looks like. When we speak and not hold our tongue and we share God's words with people, and even if it's just praying for them in your closet at home, whether it's your son or a daughter or or a family member that you just believe in God, don't give up, just keep praying. You can't save them, only Jesus can. Only Jesus can, but we don't give up. We have to be persistent and faithful even though we don't see the result. Because we believe the word of God is powerful. This is what I believe the Word of God, it changes the atmosphere. Why am I up here preaching? Why am I bothering doing what I'm doing? I can go and retire and put Lincoln, live on a beach, you know, it's, it'd be lovely. But I believe the Word of God can change a city and a town and a heart and a human life. This is what it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 For the Word of God is living and active. The word of God is not just pages on a book, but when it's spoken into the atmosphere, when it's believed in a heart, it enters a human mind into their soul. And maybe it doesn't look like something is happening, but there's like a seed that goes in there and it grows and it grows and it moves and changes and and it causes them to reflect about their life and and to think and it does stuff that we don't know. The Bible says it's active. It's like an active ingredient. It's it's alive. It does stuff. Sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and the intent of the heart. See, so that's why you can hear the Word of God, the Bible, and it can convict us. It's like a mirror. It it, it kind of helps us sift our motives and our intentions. And so sometimes it makes us feel awkward, but in a good way. Other times it inspires us, but it's there to encourage and build us. That's what the Word of God is about. See, so the Bible teaches that the Word of God is a catalyst to change lives. It's a catalyst to change your circumstance. See, it is the power of God for Encountered Church's future to flame like a torch. For us to flame like a torch, it's his word that will do it. So that we can be a bright, bold hope. I want this church to be a bright, bold hope in this community. I want to raise a banner that we are right a bright, bold hope that we can make a difference because God is for us. That we can change Shepparton not by our might or power, but because we're speaking his word and we've got a heart. My next point is, it will not be hidden. It's not going to be hidden what God does. He doesn't hide his handiwork. He has the stars at night. He has the sunsets. and sun- He's a show-off. He loves showing off good things that he does. He loves creation. He loves beauty. He shows off his animals. He, he wants to show you off and the good works he's doing in your life. Oh, sorry, I'm just I don't apologize. I don't apologize. I don't apologize. Matthew 5:14. I read it this week, last week, I'll read it again. Jesus says, Of you, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. So they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. See, God wants his works to be seen. And that fits with verse 2 of Isaiah 62. Foreign countries will see your righteousness and world leaders your glory. See, God at the end of the day doesn't want to do his stuff in hiding. What he wants to do, he wants to show off. He wants world leaders to see it. If we could get that next scripture up, guys. He wants world leaders to see it. He wants foreign powers to see it. When we speak his word and we share his word and we invite people to church and we're proactive with it because we do it in love, he partners with us. As we sang in that song, God moves in our midst when we're sharing his word and we're actively... He just doesn't move. People aren't just going to all come into this church and fill it because of the sovereign... It's very... God works practically. We have to actually invite and as we speak, his presence comes on people and it moves on people's hearts. There's, there's a partnership with the kingdom of God. And he moves... When God starts to move in our midst, things will happen. When God moves in your midst, things will change. Open heavens will come over your life. Opportunities will come you weren't expecting. God will stir the waters as we speak and as we invite. I want, you know, that, that thing of foreign um, countries, others' translations say nations. Basically, it's meaning Governments. And when it talks about world leaders, other translations have a different word. It's it's meaning politicians and leaders. It's basically saying when God is moving in your midst and he's doing what he's doing, because we're speaking his word, we're not holding it silent, that God will cause the governing authorities to take notice. God will see the leaders of the town and the city and the politicians to take notice. Because they'll say, what is happening in this place? Because their righteousness is blazing like the sun. They're blazing like the sun. Their flame is is like a torch. They're glowing. This thing's happening. They'll take notice. What is happening in Shepparton? What is happening in Encounter? The the drug use has gone down. Crime in in Encounter Church, yes. No, in in Shepparton. The, the, The crime rate's gone down in Shepparton. Homelessness is going down in Shepparton. Welfare payments aren't needed because everyone's got a job because there's something happening in the culture and the atmosphere and the economics of Shepherd in this region because we spoke his word, we prayed, we've, we've, caught, we've, we've, we've sawed his face, we've called down his promises that, that he would move. And as things start to move in your life, your family and friends will go, hey, what's happening to you? What's happening to you? The, the stuff happening to you, how did, how did that happen? How did you get that job? How did you get the opportunity? How did, how did you find that girl? How did, how did you get married? It's like my dad said to me when I met Kathy, he said, How did you get her? He said, How did you get her? Go, he said, you get her? Oh, okay, what does that mean? I was like, quite offended, I'll be honest with you. But she was pretty hot, I'll have to say that. But anyway, okay. My last point today is we're going to look at a little example of breakthrough in the Bible. I was pretty hot too, that's all I can say. Okay, no, sorry, I had to just even it up, because we've got to paint truth. But, you know, this is church, it's about truth, isn't it? Truth, can't lie. I'm going to look at a story of breakthrough. And in the Bible, there's a story in the book of Joshua, of Joshua and the Israelites. So the Israelites have been in the wilderness for 40 years. And they're about to cross to the promised land. So God has made a promise that he's going to give them this amazing land where they'd be set, set up their own government and their people and they could live and plant vineyards and have children and, and be their own nation. And they cross this river by a miracle. And the first city they get to is called Jericho. Jericho was the gateway city to the promised land. Like It's like God gave them the hardest thing at the very beginning. Like, it was a fortress. It was like, God, why don't you leave the battle, that battle to the last? Because we'll, we'll get our strength, we'll gain power, we'll gain confidence. It's more strategic to take them on when they're afraid of us. But God's like, I'll give you the hardest battle right at the gateway of the promise. See, sometimes just before your breakthrough. Sometimes before the greatest promise that God may have for your life, you may have the biggest battle of your life. You may have a fight and you're in the battle thinking, if I can't beat this, how will I beat the others? But he says, if you can beat this, the rest of them are easy peasy. You take this one down, it's like a slippery slide of conquering enemies and having victory and receiving a promise. So this whole nation comes before Jericho, this fortified city that was just, just staring at them before they could enter the land. And they, they looked at this thing and God said to them, I want you to do this. I want all the army to march around the walls once a day for six days. See, they needed a breakthrough. They didn't just pray and believe God on the first day. God's teaching us that breakthrough is not a, a thing of a one-off. It's a process. It's a journey that might take days and days or years and years and months and months. That's what breakthrough's about. And they had to go around this wall and they couldn't speak. In other words, God was saying... Zip it. I won't say the one. Be quiet. Don't say a word. Why? Because the head would have been like you and me. Oh my goodness, these walls are huge. They're never going to come down. What kind of crazy people are we? Like, they, look at this. He's a giant. We're never going to beat this thing. We can't take this battle on. We're not good enough. We don't have the ammunition. Guys are saying, zip it. Say no words. I don't want to hear a human wisdom or human logic in this. This is all I want. The priests have to get the trumpets, the holy trumpets. And the priests are to blow the trumpets. It's the only sound we're going to hear the whole time around. In other words, all I want to hear is the sound of heaven, the sound of God, the holy voice of the trumpets of the priests. All he wanted to hear was God's word in a sense. These trumpets are symbolizing God's word and not human words. I don't want human words with the breakthrough. He's like, I want want you to speak my words. I want my trumpet. I want my alarm bells going. I want the sound of my priests speaking as they go around. They go around for six days and there's no gossiping. No whining, no widging. If we're not going to use God, my grandmother used to say to me, and I never liked it, if you've got nothing good to say about anyone, don't say it at all. You ever heard that? Yeah. Oh, it's all I remember about, I remember lots of things, but that was the thing she was always telling me. That's it. On the seventh day, she go around seven times and say nothing, but they let the trumpets go. But when the trumpet goes for the seventh time, I want you all to speak. I want you to yell and shout and cheer. For the six days he was teaching them, it's not about your voice, listen to my trumpets. Listen to my sound. Listen to how I'm doing it. Forget your way of going around. My way is to blow my trumpet, my way is to blow my voice. My way is for my voice to be heard, the ha- sound of heaven to be heard. Listen to that for six days. And then at the end of the seventh day, I want you to make the same sound. I want you to make the same trumpet shout out of your mouth. At the end of the seventh day for your breakthrough, I want your words to align with my words. I want you to speak my word in the circumstance, not what you think, not you what you want to say, not what your emotions. I want you to learn through this journey of persistence to align your words with my sound and my words. And when they blow that trumpet, the shout goes out and the Bible says the walls came down. The walls came down. So it says in as Josiah, Joshua, Joshua, Josiah, Jehoshaphat, one of those, Joshua 6.20, so the people shouted, and the trumpets were blown. And as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpets, the people shouted a great, great shout. The wall fell down flat; just went. Shh. I hope they were like a distance away. I kind of picture you won't read really close to the wall. You to, they must have been distance away, or else they're going to be squashed, aren't they? So, yeah. Okay. So the people went up into the city, and every man straight before him they captured the city. See, breakthroughs take time. Breakthroughs require persistence. Faithful prayer, faithfully speaking into people's lives, even when they don't look like they're listening. Inviting people, inviting people, inviting people. Come to church. Got a great pastor. Check it out. Music's really good. They got, okay, coffee. You want to get a coffee machine for us? Feel free to get us an expensive one. That's okay. It's to save people's souls. Okay. How long do we do this for? Until we see a change, a result, and we see God move in our midst. We do it until something shifts. But the breakthrough that God wants to do in your life in his church will not be hidden. Amen. He wants to show it off. See, when Jericho went down, the whole of Canaan knew about it. It was the talk of the land. Because it, it this was the, the stronghold. And when Jericho went down, all the other regions and tribes, the Bible says, were in fear and terror of the Israelites. Because God did not hide his miracle and his breakthrough. And then the rest slowly went down after battles. As I conclude today, and the music, guys, come up, please. Regarding Jesus, don't keep silent. Regarding Jesus, don't annoy people, but just invite them, be natural, invite people to church. Pray for people that, that pray for situations that are bothering you, people that are annoying you, or people at work that you, you, you're praying for their, their, the stuff they're going through. Just pray for them in your prayer life. We don't have to always go up to us, say, oh, thus says the Lord. You know, sometimes we just need to pray for people, and if they don't know, this doesn't matter. We're praying to God, for God to move. Sometimes we, we just need to speak wisdom. You know, someone's going through a marriage issue, you need Jesus. No, well, maybe, hey, how about a bit of this, this happened to me, and a bit of godly counsel and wisdom from the Bible. Sometimes that's just like, you know, when you're thirsty and gives you a cold drink. When you're going through something, you don't want someone beating you up on the head. You want someone, hey, just give me, give me a cup of water. Just, you know, just blessing people and loving people. Praying without ceasing in the circumstances, no matter how many years it takes, because you never know. I saw a thing on Facebook this morning. Is, I don't even know if it's true, but some Satanist came to Jesus after his mum prayed for him for 33 years. You know, you you don't know, you know, you don't know what the hand of God and people's lives and the people they'll meet. Be a light of the world, a city on a hill. Be who you're meant to be. What God wants to do in your life in this church and city will not be hidden. Let your righteousness, and when I say your righteousness, it's God's righteousness in you. Let let the work of God in you is what it's saying. Blaze down like the sun. Let it shine and let your salvation, let your praise report, let the thing that God does in your life that you've been praying for and believing for, flame up like a torch, let it just be boom, so that Jesus is glorified. If we could just stand today, I wanna pray over us as a church. We could keep in this atmosphere of prayer, guys, just just don't get discouraged, don't get kind of distracted, just close your eyes and just stand. And I just want you to open your heart to God. I'm gonna pray for breakthrough. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person from the front to the back, from the left to the right, Father. Every circumstance and every fear and anxiety and worry and, 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 and despair that might be in this room, Father, and, and people that are tired, have been praying for years, for family members and for situations and, and whatever it might be, Lord. We ask, Father, that in this season that you would breathe breakthrough. You would breathe breakthrough that you would smash the chains of yesterday, the chains that are on minds, Father, the thought processes that are not of you, Father, that you'd breathe new life and freshness and you'd provide opportunities and doorways, my God, that you would do a new work in people's hearts, Father, in this church, in this region, Father, that you would glorify yourself and it would not be hidden, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, Follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us at Facebook at encounter.shepparton.